0: Behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch.
1: This is the Score North Taxi
2: Squad. Boy, oh boy, Minnesota sports fans, welcome into another edition of the Score North Taxi Squad. I am one of the hosts of the program, Jason Stormer. Joined with the usual suspects today, my best friends here at score north we got artist woods and aj Fredrickson. and guys i said oh boy you can imagine why oh this minnesota vikings team riding high at a 10 and 2 record we're all feeling pretty dang good with the bounce back wins against the patriots and the jets feeling pretty good going uh going to detroit to take on the five and seven lions but we were humbled especially on the defensive side of a ball on a defensive side of the ball. Um, Safe to say it was a pretty much a disaster for the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday. What would you guys classify it as?
1: Just about the same, just about the same as you. Um, First off, hello guys. Happy to be back for another episode of the taxi squad. Yeah, I felt the same way, man. I, I honestly, um, (laughs) right <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I, mean, I know it was exhausting yeah it's, <laughs> it, it's tough um I, I do i think they cost themselves um an opportunity to compete for the 1c in the nfc i think that's what that told me um i think klc was out coached i think dan campbell coached a hell of a game they took gambles and, and, and risks that paid off the vikings took gambles and risks that were quite frankly kind of awkward to me and didn't pan out the way that they expected. And you know, looking at 10 and 3, it's not the end of the world, but this definitely was not a good loss. This this was not the type of loss that you needed at this point in the season. I'll say that. I mean it's just it's tough. And we talk about this defense every week. We talk about this defense every week. Um it's 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 the same old story. It's the same old same story. You know, the fact that KLC Didn't feel the need or didn't think he could trust his defense enough to get a stop at the end of the game, which I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit. But the fact that he didn't trust his defense enough and, you know, felt like he needed to go for an onside kick to try to get the ball back to his offense. Kind of just tells you everything you know about this defense and everything you know about how this game was going. So this tough loss, very, very tough loss. I expected him to win this game. And yeah, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough.
2: Yeah, it's just, it's deflating in every way, right? Because to this point, this was a 10-2 team that was getting away with one of the worst defenses in the league. And I think a lot of Vikings fans, including myself, pretty much just kind of overlooked it because they were overcoming it. And maybe to an extent, the coaching staff did too. Because, you know, they did, things were just working for this Vikings team. They were gutting out these... These wins in Washington, Buffalo, against the Patriots, against the Jets. Sure, you had the absolute meltdown against the Cowboys, and obviously this one too. But, you know, even though we had so many questions about this defense throughout the season, we'll continue to have them throughout the rest of the season, it was still a 10-2 team. And so maybe, just maybe, they thought, all right, we can just keep getting away with this, and we're just going to wait to make adjustments, which I'm sorry. I just... That's really, really just unacceptable in the NFL because it is a constantly evolving league. Um, just because you are doing something and it's gotten you success doesn't mean it will continue. And maybe the Vikings just got a little content with in this game, um, which is what's gotten them here to this point. Obviously, this is going to be the most Kevin O'Connell will really have to, like, buckle down and like analyze the defense probably in his coaching career at any point. Cause obviously he's been an offensive guy up until he was a head coach. Now he is responsible for both sides of the ball and him and Ed Donatel are going to have to have, and probably already have had cause we're recording this on a Tuesday. It's uh, December uh, 13th. Uh, they probably have already had a pretty tough conversation after that game probably happened on the plane ride. Cause I think all the coaches sit together. That's probably when it started. Yeah. And you know what, I think KOC and this coaching staff have a pretty good dialogue together where I think they're all pretty comfortable sharing, you know, probably sensitive information and their feelings pretty upfront and pretty abruptly too. So I'm guessing that these conversations, and they were tough conversations too, have taken place. Um, in terms of adjustments, I don't know, I'll ask you guys. I mean, what, what, can I mean, sure, they maybe weren't the most healthy for this game. Maybe not a lot of guys got the most practice in this week because we had some guys out with illness, but what do you guys, what do you guys think? What can, what can we do? What, what can we do about uh, this right now?
0: Before I touch on that, I'm going to just roll, roll it back. Cause I didn't get a chance to, uh, I was yeah. doing some stuff. I I didn't get a chance to give my initial thoughts, my reaction to the <laughs> game, but um, my first off, it's a tough loss. It stinks that the defense really couldn't do anything because you wasted a record breaking Justin Jefferson performance. Didn't even mention it yet. A day where Kirk Cousins, I mean, what a bounce back game for him. Cause I, I mean, a, we're a week removed from getting on the microphones and talking about like, oh, you know, he was missing some easy targets. He was throwing up uh, ahead of guys. He was throwing behind guys. He was throwing some ducks. He was an assassin yesterday, two days ago now. Excuse me. Um, 31 for 40, uh, 31 for 41 completions. 425 yards in the air, two yeah. touchdowns, and I said, I mentioned Justin Jefferson, 11 catches for 223 yards, it should have been about 250 or so because <laughs> of that one that got called back, that's ridiculous, Yeah. but uh, <sighs> I mean, y- y- he averaged 20.3 yards a catch, and you lost, like it wasn't once, he caught the ball 11 times, mm-hmm. that's it's 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 really bad that you can't get a stop or two, because the, I I I said it last week and I'm blatantly wrong that the uh, the Lions were not going to be able to get the ball and just score at will really whenever they wanted to because. They had a no-show Jaguars team last week, and I was like, "Well, the Vikings—they're going to put up a little bit more. They've come up big at times, and they're going to get able—they're—they're going to get those stops and keep it that you know close game to where the uh, the the Vikings are going to be able to maybe stay in front or be in that driver's seat for the most part, and maybe have to have some theatrics late. They were—they're were playing from behind almost the entire game. It felt like it—it it was, they like they, they they seemed outmatched." And sure. on both, even on both, uh, at times on both sides of the field, just because first off, Hutchinson for the Lions. I oh. maybe have. I know he's in in the division. I haven't watched that many Lions games because it's like my prejudices from last week. It's the Lions. <laughs> I like that. I like the new Lions because that fan base and just the organization they deserve it. It's been like what seventy or so years of just the Lions being the Lions, and now it looks <laughs> like they're kind of turning over that new leaf. Right. Um, maybe, Hutchinson maybe. Hutchinson he's a baller that yeah. guy that guy he is Motown personified because you look at him he's just kind of like he, he looks like that blue collar type of guy he's gonna walk out like as soon as he got done with the game he threw in his Carhartt re- ran over to the <laughs> quick trip picked up some groceries and headed home and made some, like you know grilled cheese and tomato soup for dinner for his family
1: he like reminds
2: you, me of that giant fist statue that they have downtown. You know what I mean. I feel like that's yeah.
0: Hutchinson's fist,
2: whatever that thing, whatever that thing is. You know,
0: they uh, it's in every GMC commercial. You yes, know? It, it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's frustrating because they're a better team than that, and I I do think now seeing that the Lions are a better team than what are they now five and eight or something like that five six, uh, six, and, seven now. six, and, six, six and seven, seven. six uh-huh. and seven um they're i think they're, they're they look better than a six and seven team they just had some of those games earlier that they probably should have won and like they probably should have beat the bills on thanksgiving and maybe should have
2: beat the eagles
0: <laughs>
1: that one will happen
0: that's, that's <laughs> we, well, we of course it wasn't thing. anything close. that happens week one or week two is set in stone <laughs> like teams are finding their identity um
1: They've dealt with a lot of injuries too that's thrown them off as well. Yeah, no. They had injuries to no. St. Brown. They had injuries to Swift. So yep. they had a couple guys out for a while that kind of threw off the chemistry and threw a lot of things off of them offensively. And their defense has been bad all year. But well, guys, the Vikings took the <laughs> they took their place. The Vikings yeah. took the Detroit Lions place and they are now the 32nd ranked defense in the yeah.
2: league. Yeah, and it's I'm pretty sure the last five games too. They've been bottom five overall in defense and bottom five overall in giving up passing yards too. It's just, we're, we're booking back to it. I'm for it is the elephant in the room right now is what is going to be done about this defense. Honestly, like, I wonder if now, okay, so Cam Dantzler got burned on the DJ Chark touchdown, but I really wonder if that Jameson Williams touchdown would have been a touchdown with Hitman in there. I, I mean, Bynum got completely – it looked like more was just busting covers than anything, like miscommunication, which obviously can happen to anybody, so hindsight's twenty twenty on that one. But still, you just – you know, you just gotta wonder, like, if Hitman were out there, you know, what do you let a rookie who, you know, hasn't even caught a ball yet – let his first receive re- reception of his career be, what was it, like a 50-yard touchdown or something like that? It was Why awesome. I don't know. Uh, which, by the way, that was the guy that the Lions drafted after we traded those draft picks uh, back in April to move down to take uh, Lewis C. And uh, there are other picks involved in that, too. So obviously, like, it's going to be worth watching a little bit, his career in Detroit, considering that scenario. Um, but offensively, um, can we talk about the first and goal Dalvin Cook fumble that was, I guess, supposed to be a pass to Johnny Munt. Look, 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 look. Innovative offenses. I love that. You know what? I, I like to see teams adapt. I want to see this team adapt more defensively, right? And every now and then there's a time and place to get a little cute. The Lions got a little cute with that fake punt at that point in the game, you know what I mean? And sure, that's a that's a tight game, it's a divisional game. So it takes takes some cojones to do that kind of thing. But in that situation, considering the game you're in, considering who you're about to play the next four games, I just, I don't understand why, 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 why that was the decision that was made. But I, I saw mean, some maybe people they...
0: taking offense to the Lions running a fake punt and then the pass to Pinay Sewell at the end of the game. You know how big no. of a nerd you have to be. A bit, you know, you are you are a loser if you actually are watching that game and are like, "Oh my god, that that's so disrespectful." You're a loser if you
1: think. <laughs> oh, that, that's it, like, from ran like a fake
0: the... punt. You know what? D- defend it. Stop yeah. it. It's yeah. so yeah. St- That's so stupid if, that I saw. P- I you're so you glad you know, brought that actual up loser. actually, because
2: just to tease a little Timberwolves talk later, where at least I want to get into some discussions about maybe just some self-awareness not being had at the end of a certain jazz timberwolves game let's just put it that way where just maybe the same kind of situation where you're just like yeah come on guys yeah, read the room a little bit anywho back to football <laughs> a little bit yeah it just i mean yeah like, like i was saying there's a time and place like look you got the colts coming up next week i think if you want to do a little jump pass at the goal line like that against the colts i think that's probably a more proper time and place maybe not on the road against a divisional opponent where you're not favored to win the game. And, like, you could tell, like, the wheels were spinning with Dalvin the whole time because, like, he was even, like, moving. He he never, like, had the ball securely, whatever, after Kirk gave it to him. You could tell. Just the gears were moving. He was just trying to, like, I'm just trying to figure out what to do here.
0: Well, with with that, Ed Ingram just didn't. He blocked blocked for all of half a second. Like, in the time it takes you to blink, that's how long he held the block you need a little more protection than that if you're going to run that kind of stutter step mm-hmm. jump pass thing. Because Johnny Munt looked like he was probably going to be open if that develops for another second or two. He was. But, true, But was. yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mind it because they were really struggling and it persisted all game. To They had a tough time establishing the run and just the running game in general wasn't great. I don't like that you did it on first down.
2: That especially, yes. Mm
0: -hmm. you got to sell it a little bit more than I I understand. Like, okay. He hands off for just take one crack. Even if you're like, all right, he's just going to run right into the back of the center and then go down. And then we try it again or whatever, or we get lucky with the first one or just first down is a very odd time for that play call because you have, you got to take at least one normal chance in my opinion, like a normal, like either a slant route or a sweep to the outside, something like that. To get in, and then okay, if you want to break out the, the trick play on second down, that's fine, and then you have one more chance, and then you're just going to kick it. First down is so weird to try that on.
1: Well, yeah, th- was for me is different elements to it. Like, I thought it was honestly, if, you, if you're if asking me, and of course, high insight is 2020 because Dalvin did fumble, and you know, if they score on that touchdown, it's oh, look at this innovative offense, look yeah, at this, play. You it's, know true. I mean? like, it's true, so look at it that way, but like. As the play developed, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't I didn't know it was a jump pass until I saw somebody else on Twitter say, Yeah, that was supposed to be a jump pass, or I forgot how I found out really, but I thought it was a bad play call to begin with. Um, I just think in this type of game, you're not your defense isn't playing well, hasn't been playing well all season. There's just certain risks that you cannot afford to take at that point in the game. Get in the end zone. Yeah, get in the end zone. Give the ball to Davin just to run the ball in. Give the ball or throw the ball over to Justin Jefferson on a, a back short of fade or 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 on a slant. Run the same sweep that you ran early earlier in the game to get in the end zone. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not I'm not again I'm not a head coach, but I'm not taking that type of risk in the red zone when you need points. You it's it's. Knowing this defense is going to give up yards and going to give up points, knowing that Lions offense has been hot for a while and was playing well against the Vikings, you need points. But the second aspect of it is we can't let Dalvin cook off the hook either. Nope. You got to hang on to the football. You got to hang on to the football. At the end of the day, like, I understand there was some confusion as far as whether he wanted to pass it or what, but I doubt that they haven't practiced this play at all for sure. I mean, this have, is yeah. something that I'm sure yeah. that they ran in practice a few times, multiple times before they just tried to implement it in live game action. And so I know this play has went south before, where it's like, okay, the pass isn't there. What do I do if the pass isn't there? You know, he flat out dropped the football. And Dalvin Cook is running back. He's one of the best hand, one of the one of the more sure-handed guys in the league at the running back position when it comes to avoiding fumbles. I can't let let him off the hook either. He's he's got to hang on to the ball. It's t- it's too much on the line mm-hmm. for him to drop the ball in that situation. Like it just, I, I thought it was bad overall. Mm-hmm. I'm like I said, I'm upset with the play call, but you know, as a head coach, I'm sure there's a lot of trust that goes into your team too. Like if this goes south, I trust that Dalvin isn't going to fumble. If this goes south and and this is in Dalvin looks like he sees the defense and it looks like it could be an interception, I trust. That Dalvin won't throw the ball. He'll just drop down. At the very least, we'll have third down to get in the end zone. We'll kick a field goal. He trusted Dalvin in that moment. It was it was a bad moment to trust trust him, obviously, but he trusted him in that moment, and it it was it was a big time failure. So, I mean, he had multiple moments all all game. It seemed like where he was just I'm trusting you guys. When he went for it on, or he went for two. I think it was it was twenty one to. Thirteen, and he went for two instead of mm-hmm. kicking, kicking an extra point. It's like, mm-hmm. why are you going for two there? Like yeah. I, that, did, that didn't make it. That, that sure. right there was the weirdest. That was the weirdest thing to me because it's yeah. like, what, what was the point in that? Like, okay, I understand if you get two and you get a defensive stop and you scored another touchdown, you're up by one. You get an extra point. That's that's fine. But I mean, the, at, at that point in the game, it just didn't make sense. Now you didn't get it, so now you're down eight. Sure, so it, it's just I, I don't know.
2: To, to quote our boss, Phil Mackey, he did actually put out a tweet like shortly after that play, uh, like laying out and I'm kind of with you, like just, just from the feel, just from the feel of that game, because it kind of felt like the Vikings just needed to take the points. You know what I mean? But like fit, and I don't have the tweet in front of me, um, but Phil kind of laid out how it actually like it does make sense when you're on the road to go for it in that position, because then it eliminates an unknown scenario later on in the game. Because if you know what the two point conversion is, if you got it or not now, then you're not going to have the unknown of maybe or not potentially if you got to commit it or you got to do it later on in the game or not. I don't know. That's kind of how he framed it. But still, that's like a deep analytical kind of like just like, you know, put on your nerd glasses kind of thing. Not calling Phil a nerd, even though I think Phil might call himself a nerd. Uh, I just I'm with you, artist. It just felt like the, the Vikings just need what they can get at this point. And so like that probably maybe even if a case can be made out that where it does make sense, it just still kind of like a lot of plays, a lot of plays. Uh, it just felt a little cute, a little too cute, a little too cute for your most competitive division rival on the road. Sure. They don't have a hells and chance catch a uh, chance of catching you. The division is locked up. It's inevitable. I know even if it might not feel like it today or maybe this week, we'll see how we feel on Saturday against the Colts. But, yeah, this is kind of like the most we've questioned kind of KOC's play calling for the most part because I yeah, think there's this, definitely most to question, for sure. This
1: and the, and this and the Dallas game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this this yeah. game and the Dallas game. But the Dallas game felt a little different because you right. just went out there and just got blew out from the that, from that start. That was total,
2: utter collapse.
1: By this everybody. is
2: more nuanced because Kirk had a great game. Mm-hmm. We've hardly talked about J.J. breaking the franchise record, which, I mean – probably, I'm surprised, I'm so surprised that this record held since the 70s when Sammy White said it. Like, you Mm. think, like, Chris Carter, Randy Moss would have said it, maybe even, like, guys like Stefan Diggs at some point, but even maybe Sidney Rice and the Brett Farvey or something like that. But, I mean, even, like, I was even, I know that, like, um, I think Chris Thomason has been keeping tabs with Sammy White, like, ever since JJ got drafted. And, like, Sammy White's even been saying, like, yeah, I think it's pretty much inevitable that, J.J. is going to break my record. Matter of when, not if. And he has been super, like, humble, too. He's like, I'm so super proud of J.J. Like, congratulations to him. He totally deserves it. He totally does deserve it. But it's so unfortunate that, like, sure, we're going to remember this day for sure. The highlights will be played, you know, on his potential Hall of Fame highlight reel or something someday. But unfortunately...
0: P- Pump the brakes a little bit here. Uh, well,
2: hold on, hold on. <laughs> the only reason I'm confident to say that is that, did you guys hear what Chris Carter said on the Up and Adams show? That's Kay Adams show on FanDuel. Did you see what he said the other day about Mm-mm. Mr. Justin Jefferson? Uh, so Kay straight up asked him, Hey, Chris, rank you, Randy, and JJ as the greatest Vikings receivers of all time. CC ranked himself third, very humble, claps to that, which I think is probably fair but he ranked Randy two and JJ number one, Chris Carter already thinks that Justin Jefferson is the greatest Vikings receiver of all time. Now.
0: Well, I mean, I don't it's, know it's what his third year that. of the season or third yeah, year, or the- year of his career. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Right. It's you you gotta statement. avoid injury and you have to be in the right system. Like, he, the Vikings could just move from Kirk to some, you know, other guy. It, like you think Nick Mullins could do this with him? You think if no. he, no, the, <laughs> Kirk has been amazing this year and it, it's, it's in this offense. And obviously we've seen him do it the past couple of years, but like he's reached a new level. You got to It's so, so much more. Like he's got another decade. You got to assume for like his career. Can he do it for another 10 years and like have at least five to six of that being at this like elite He's the undisputed, like a top three receiver, arguably top, like number one, I it's, it's too way too like if, if, in five years. Sure. We can, yeah. we can, yeah, we're in, we're in season three. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. I think he's fantastic. i like, I'm not saying he's not good. I'm just saying it's way too early to be like, that guy's a hall of famer. He's yeah. a hall of famer. You know who else would be a hall of famer? If you judge him after like three seasons. Probably, I mean, is Pat is Patrick Mahomes right now a Hall of Famer? No. They're
1: you're telling, very me, if, close, you're very telling close. me
0: that if he got hurt tomorrow me, and he played never now. played another game in his life, he's going into the Hall of Fame? He's
2: only, what, played six six years? Five or six years? Yeah, I probably
1: don't, not yet. It's, it's such a tough question because if you, if you if take he, his, yeah. even if he got hurt right now, if you take his his so his career stats wouldn't be matched up with the best because but he just he just didn't have that long of a career. But, that, but if, I think
0: that's what you need. You can't just true. You, could, you you what? Like I'm trying to think. Like you, if you had one season, if you were just a phenom, like if you had a genie in the bottle type of wish, and you were like, I want to be the best quarterback on the planet for one calendar year, mm-hmm. and you went out there, you you didn't have an incompletion. You never lost a game. You threw for 500 yards every game and four touchdowns every game and you did that all season long and you won the Super Bowl and you were the MVP and the rookie of the year and then you retired at the end of the season. Like you just don't have the career numbers. You're going to be talked about all time as like wow, what a like what a weird thing, like what a crazy You're not going to be a Hall of Famer with that type. Yeah, like even though I'll your numbers that. like you had more yards per game than anybody. You have like if you base it off of like your averages, he just doesn't have the totals yet. Like right. you, you got to have that longevity, and that's what Hall of Famers do. You have, like Hall of very great players is a lot wider than the Hall of Fame.
1: That's very true. I think that uh, <laughs> I'm a big Randy Moss guy, and I think he gets a bad rap for. I think a lot of people, and maybe not Chris Carter, but I've heard a lot of people just be like, "He was just good for the for the go ball. Like that was just him. <laughs> he could just do the go ball like." And, you know, Justin Jefferson, Chris Carter, those guys could do it all. They could do the go ball. They could do the slants, the curls, the ends, the outs, all the, all the routes. They could run the route tree, basically. And Randy Moss wasn't the type of guy to, to run the route tree. And it's like, well, first off, he was. First off, he ran every route there was to run. <laughs> but he was flat out unstoppable when it came to getting the go ball, though. And there's something to be said for that. A defense knowing exactly what's coming, but we can't stop it. Triple team, double team. We can't stop it. I think Randy Moss has done t- I mean Randy Moss is probably he I created mean, an adjective based off
0: his name. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> think about that. You got Mossed. Like, I don't I don't see people out there saying you got stormered or like I'm a, I'm, about, I'm <laughs> that doesn't about to roll off
2: the tongue. I'm
0: about to woods you. No. Whoa. No, it's Whoa. you got moss. You got right. Fredrickson.
1: Yeah. Right. Kind of
2: like that. Fredrickson's pretty good. <laughs> That's just me really yeah. personally.
1: But literally, if if we're saying he's the greatest Vikings receiver of all time, you got to think like, okay, where does he rank amongst all time receivers, period? Because there are some people that think Randy Moss is better than um, Jerry Rice all time on a Mm receiver's list. There's Mm -hmm. some people that believe that. And, you know, I'm kind of one of those people that's like, it's neck and neck to me. (laughs) I was able to I was young enough to watch. Or old enough, I should say, to watch, you know, Randy Moss. Never really got the chance to see Jerry Rice. But I know if the numbers and I know if obviously he went in the Super Bowls and all of that. But I say all that to say, like I, I can't say he's the greatest receiver to ever play for Minnesota because I view Randy Moss as the guy who is probably the second best receiver of all time. If he's better than Randy, then he's the second-best receiver of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not – no. <laughs> now, he, he's great, though. Like, this is not – like A.J. said, this is not throwing straight at J.J. J.J. Cole. J.J. is Cole. His game yesterday – or Sunday, insane. am um, the catches he makes. I mean, it's like Kirk sometimes. He drops back. And he's got that confidence. Like, man, the pressure's coming, the blitz is coming. I'm going to just fling this thing and turn my back. And I know if it's in the vicinity of JJ, it's probably going to be a catch. Like, Jefferson Jefferson is insane. Mm-hmm. But Randy Moss? Oh, <laughs> Randy? <laughs> nah, Randy? not go that far. Not yet. Not yet. Um, yeah, I mean, I like his trajectory, though. I like him. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's I like he obviously. Um, he He could. He
2: he if I mean he's I think now just three yards off the pace for the single season record. He said he wants two thousand. The record isn't two thousand, it's like nineteen hundred something or other. Mm-hmm. Um he's only three yards off that pace. Now, obviously depending on what the Vikings playoff scenarios are, depending on what they have or have not clinched, you know. Yeah, I want I want like a lot of the starters to eventually like mix in some rest eventually, but that's a conversation we can't have yet. Uh, back to all this though, what the the whole conversation? I mean, it this is a this is definitely a headline grabber when, you know, like Chris Carter, Chris Carter. I mean, when he says this, you have to like say what and turn your head a little bit because. It's Chris freaking Carter. Um, this conversation really can't truly, 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 truly be debated until all three of them, all three, have the gold jacket on when their careers are wrapped up and good to go. Um, I mean, honestly, oh man, it's, sure, you probably can't say right now that JJ is better than Chris Carter, but oh my gosh, just... Boy, oh boy! Give me a couple more seasons, and I may be saying that. Even though I mean, CC is awesome. I just, I just love me arguably, some JJ. I arguably,
1: really do. Arguably, the best hands ever. CeCe. Yeah, really is. Um, really, but is. that just—I mean, I agree with you, Jason. Like, give me, give me a little bit more longevity, and yeah, I, I probably will say he's better than Chris Carter. Like, I probably <laughs> will, and that's again—that is high praise. That yes. honestly, that should be the goal right now. The goal shouldn't be to catch Randy right now. The goal should be okay, let's let's be better than Chris Carter. Let's 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 be fully better than Stefan Diggs here. Let's not sleep on what Stephon Diggs was doing while he was out here either. I'm let's be let's, let's let's usurp Stefan Diggs completely. Let's usurp CC. <laughs> and then let's look at Randy. There, I feel like there's steps. So there's been some great receivers that play for the Vikings that I don't think we should just overlooked but again but again look jj at this at this rate yeah he has a very good chance as at, at going down as the best to do it very very good chance so mm-hmm. you gotta you know give credit where it's due it's not you know in no shade towards him no hate he's special still can't believe the eagles drafted rager but hey 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 <laughs> things happen <laughs> Things happen, you know. I don't even remember
0: that. Hey, let's. I, you know what? I was just thinking about this actually this weekend. I was thinking about you because I was uh-huh. watching this. I was ro- watching this Eagles game and I was like, I know they traded for AJ Brown, but they knocked the ball out of the park with this Devontae Smith guy.
2: Yes. He's good. He's oh good. my.
0: I, he, like, he's not like JJ level, but no. He is in the role where it was, I, I want to say like what Stefan Diggs was in when he first came to the Vikings and joined the Vikings because Adam Thielen was like the main piece there. And then he came in and it was like, okay, now they got that one, two punch and he's, he's getting the lesser matchup. I would say I probably, I, I haven't watched every game. So I guess I don't know exactly if this is what happening happening for him, but yeah, I would bet he's getting the lesser cornerback uh, matchup most of the time, but he is going to be way better than that. <laughs> than that second tier cornerback yes. so he looks like he's just cooking dudes every single and that's going to build his confidence and now he's going to be like all right well i i know i can get better and who knows what happens like down yeah. the road franchise for them but they have a nice little one two there with aj brown Devontae smith
2: because uh, we have to inevitably talk about the eagles because artist woods is a co-host of this <laughs> freaking podcast um I will have to relent because I was going to, like, refrain from saying this until I saw them play the Giants. Because I'm like, all right, you still got to play your divisional opponent. You haven't played them. It's late into the season. They kicked their butts. And it was in the Meadowlands. I relent. The Eagles are the best team in football. Best team in the NFC. Definitely have the one seed wrapped up. Artists, you were talking last week. The Vikings should still hunt for the one seed. No, that conversation was dead even before. The kickoff on Sunday, in my opinion. <laughs> the, Eagle, the Eagles, they're it. Jalen Hurts has popped. A.J. Brown has been one of the best trades of the offseason. You guys just sign whatever defensive players on a scrap heap right now. It, it doesn't matter if you need a guy. How he's going to go get that guy it doesn't matter. Yeah. And um, I really hope you guys play the Cowboys in the playoffs before us, if that's possible, or the Niners, actually. Because, man... The Niners—I mean, that's to a tangent too much off here because we got to preview of this Colts game. I thought, you know, maybe losing a starting quarterback caliber of Jimmy G would slow down the Niners, especially with really looking, good. Party it's good, looking Tampa nice. defense.
1: Good Ooh, God, party is looking nice, and Why McCaffrey's
2: unstoppable. Now they don't have Debo anymore. They just lost Debo to that high ankle sprain, but ayuk 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 is on fire he's been awesome that's that's the radio call that's not me that's the radio call does (laughs) that when he scores
1: the touchdown it's great no the the 49ers are the 49ers are great man and i think uh yeah i think deep i think debo is only out for three weeks um they saying debo may be back he should be back by playoff time so that yeah that team is a force their defense is insane um, but I do, I mean, obviously, I do agree, man. I do I are, you know. <laughs> I know you will, I knew you were. are they're yeah. definitely the most well-rounded um, team in the league, that's for sure. And yeah. Devontae, to your point, AJ, I know we gotta move on, but Devontae, I've been a big fan of his since college, super happy that we did draft him. We didn't miss on him, thank god. And I mean, yeah, getting AJ Brown teams are gonna shade to AJ Brown every time defensively. He's getting double teams, he's getting the best corner. Um, because you that is first priority. He has like 10 touchdowns on the season. He's already over 1,000 yards. That's Jalen Hurts' number one target. So you kind of have to try to take him out. But that leaves Smitty a lot of times one-on-one with guys who are the second-best corner on the team. And like you said, AJ, he is leaving, leaving cats because he's really a number one receiver. He's really number one. So it's, it's tough, but I, I like what I see from Philly. I love what I think. Yeah. Him.
2: And he's quelled, at least for now, the injury bug.
1: Because that yeah. was definitely something that
2: was the big question mark with that trade. Especially how much he gave up in that trade, too. It's just like, all right, is he going to stay healthy? Yeah. Right. He, he's been absolutely fine. All right. This Colts game. This Colts game coming up. It's a Saturday kickoff, actually. This was one of the games that was flexed like a week or two ago. Like the NFL I don't know why they just – I think it's just because, like, there's no college football on this Saturday or whatever, and they just didn't know how, like, they wanted it to work. Uh, but the Vikings are playing on Saturday. Still a noon kickoff, still a noon kickoff. Um, I believe the game locally will be on uh, KSTP, ABC, uh, Hubbard Station here, so if you want to watch it on that. Otherwise, I believe it's also on NFL Network as well. Vikings, four-point favorites in this one. That's the spread. Over-under is 48-and-a-half. Uh, some injuries potentially to look at right now, uh, questionable tags for the Vikings. we got Hitman, Harry, questionable, Cam Dantzler's questionable, it's James Lynch, and Harrison Phillips. So that's a you know, decent amount of people on the, uh, on the defense right there. Not too many issues looking like at the Colts. Uh, guys, So guess what are your initial reactions going into this one? Do you think the Vikings have a chance to bounce back here?
1: Uh, I think they have a great chance at bouncing back against the Colts. I don't believe in the Colts at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, they do so exist. They're a real football team. They are a real football team. Yeah. Um, but don't
2: be a flat earther now.
1: Yeah, I won't. I won't be like that. But okay. he, the, the the Colts are not <laughs> a very good football team. That's what I would say. Um, Jeff Saturday has come in. I think he. I could be wrong, but I think he only has like one win since he's been the head coach there. He got the that first one big yeah, win, the very first then, one. Cooked the Raiders after roasting them on Twitter the week before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, literally. <laughs> love it. Well, like, like he caught the he got the Raiders, but then after that, I mean, it's it's kind of been downhill. He's he's made some bad some bad play calls. Um, it's his first year, I think. If he had a couple more years under his belt, he will be better. But it's just it just doesn't look good. The defense is the highlight for me, the highlight of the team. They've been playing <clears throat> they've been playing pretty decent so far this season. At one point, there were. Top 10, I think now they're like number eight or nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight right now in the league. So they've dropped a little bit. They've had a couple injuries on that side of the ball. Um, But, I mean, the defense is formidable. I will give you that. But against this, against the Vikings coming off of a loss, we've seen them now bounce back pretty strong off uh, after losses. We've seen them bounce back pretty strong. Um, I, I'm not a believer at all in the Colts offensively. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor is, you know, he's he's nice, he's cold. He had a great season. Been better, last year. kind of a down year this year. Matt Ryan, <laughs> I, I won't I won't call anybody else trash. I just refuse to just jinx yeah, it be like nice. that. But he's not good. Um, he's not good. <laughs> he's not, good he's, he's not, not trash, but he's he, not good. Exactly. He's not. He's not good. Um, it, it is not fun watching him play the sport at this point in his career. <laughs> Um. <laughs> wow. Just, just my stance. Uh, he was great at one point. Maddie Ice was Maddie Ice at one point. Twenty-eight-three. He was awesome. Hey, at that he point. was. Hey, he was great. And then that ice melted, and that ice ain't <laughs> been the same since. Oh. So, <laughs> um, I think the Vikings should be able to get to him in the pocket. And once you're able to get to him in the pocket and get him to the ground a couple times, I've noticed over the course of the last couple games that that rattles him. This team can be very turnover-prone, too. I think a lot of this comes off of, too, they just got smoked by Dallas um, in the fourth quarter. Of seven, yeah. I think it was, well, what was, it was 19 to 50? 21.
2: Yeah, final it score 19 50, to twenty 19
1: And then, yeah, the yeah. Freaking Cowboys dropped 33 points on them in the fourth quarter, because mainly because offensively, I mean, turnover after turnover after turnover. I think there was an interception or two. I think there was a fumble or two. And the Cowboys just ran away with it. And so... I don't know. I look at this Colts football team. I don't think they're on the same level level as the Vikings. I think the Lions matchup was a little different. Division rival, you know, they're they're a little bit accustomed to how you play. They're used to how you play. They know you very well. The Colts don't really know the Vikings very well. So obviously, there's film out there, but they're, that 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 you know that division rival kind of thing is not there anymore with this, with this Colts team. So I don't I really don't think they stand a chance. The Vikings are probably going to be the Vikings and make it a game that it's not supposed to be, honestly, cuz that's just who <laughs> they've been all year. But I think that the Vikings are going to handle business. Uh, I think they have to. I think they yep. <laughs> they have to.
2: Yeah, I mean this past defense is pretty good for the Colts all things considered, 204 yards allowed for the most point. Uh pretty even rushing defenses. Um, as well. And it's, I mean, Matt Ryan has as many interceptions as touchdowns this season. Mm-hmm. That is just absolutely hideous. Jonathan Taylor has been better. And somebody just had him on both of my fantasy teams this year. My only two, I can, I can tell you that much. It's still not, still not great, but it, it's better without Frank. Ryan I can tell you like that at least Jeff Saturday actually gives him the ball. And I know he got injured and stuff like that, but he's, he's relatively healthy. He's back. Um, But here's the thing. Colts were just on their bye week, too. Uh, They have had to sit and stew on this 54-19 loss for a while. And in this case, I don't think that's a good thing. Because normally NFL teams like to get that taste out of their mouth quick. I think that helped the Vikings a lot with the Cowboys game that they got to play the Patriots that Thursday and they could bounce back like that. The Colts on this case had to just go home and they had to take a flight home too. sure. Like Dallas to Indy is not like the longest flight in the world or whatever, but they had to go home. You know, that was going to be just probably the most somber of somber plane rides and all the NFL this season. All right, guys, we're just going to go doing uh, our little vacations or staycations with the family or whatever. We're just saying, uh, you know, we'll see ya. See you after the bye week, these super duper late bye weeks. By the way, no more 14, like week 14 bye weeks, please. A lot of fantasy playoff implications in week 14. I wasn't really necessarily a part of them for the most part because I was clinching in <laughs> one league, but I was really, really bad in the other. Uh, NFL, please, no, don't ever do this again. You got to, you got to, you're crunching these bye weeks a little. You got to compact them just a little bit more if you don't mind. But anyway, back to the Colts. <laughs> Better sit on this. That's not good. I don't know what kind of energy they're going to be playing for. I think the appeal of Jeff Saturday has probably ended now at this point. He probably can still motivate that locker room for sure. But just, you know, obviously like that first Raiders game, they were just like, all right, we want to play for this guy. Um, you know, he's our he's our coach now. I think maybe that, that shine and that aura maybe is worn off now. And I just don't really... <laughs> I really am just like you, Artis, I'm not really confident that this Colts team really shows up too much on Sundays anymore. But this is the Minnesota Vikings and the Minnesota Vikings defense. And we still need to see adjustments made. So uh, until I see otherwise, I still think that the Colts will uh, score probably. I mean, what do they average like? They only average like 16 a game. But I am on the record saying that I think that every Vikings opponent for the rest of the season will score at least 20 points on them. I think they'll probably... Probably happen again, but I'm expecting the Vikings' offense to match that and then some. Because again, besides that crappy play at the goal line with Dalvin, and maybe a few other things here and there, the offense still played really good in Detroit. Really, really good. It was arguably—I mean, we didn't say this—it was arguably Kirk's best game. It really might have been. It really might have been. I think he had a PFF score in the '90s, him and JJ, which makes total sense. So, I'm I'm expecting the guys to bounce back. And again. I mean, it's one day, so it doesn't make a ton of difference. But again, you lose, you get a short week to make up for it quick. You get one extra day to come after the Colts on a Sunday right at noon. too. you don't got to wait till the late game. No, right at noon. Got the boom. And so uh, I'm I'm expecting the Vikings to to bounce back here. Do you guys want to put the money where the mouth is? Want to predict some things? You want to see how that goes for all of us this week?
1: Yeah, I mean, yes. yes. <laughs> what, that, what are you ten and three now, Jason? Ten and three. Yep. Wow. pick The lines. Yep. Last week was. Woo, woo, woo. man, I, I was bold. I, but you uh, were right.
2: I just look. I just I learned my lesson with that money line with Vegas. Look, they're not right every time. I'm not saying no, no. Like, don't pick Vegas every single time. You're not going to make money if you if you don't pick against Vegas every now and then. So exactly. if if you want to do that, you you better pick against them but just I was I was I was so gun shy by the Cowboys game and, and it turned out to be to be the case and again the the, the defense just got exposed to the most it's, it's ever been to this point it, it really did and um you know the the Vegas line was correct in this case it's not right every time again it's not right every time go make that money hit the over but yeah. uh but in this case you know I just I went with the chalk I went with the chalk but you guys can still catch me. There's still plenty of time. Like I, I still, I still feel, I still feel close behind my tail here. Yeah, you know? um, I still know y'all are coming. I and I can't take, I can't take any time off here. I need to still focus and lock in. But uh, you know,
1: I'm we should, we should definitely have some type of like prize or some type of something at the Ooh. end the for her wins. I feel like Jason honestly got it in the bag though. I, I, I'm seventy six oh. man. I, ain't, I know I'm not catching up at this point. My hope was that the Vikings would get it done this week. The Lions would lose, and I'd be just a little closer. But now, yeah, it's a wrap. Because <laughs> yeah, you're it's you're seven wrap. and six now, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's right. been it's been a rough year on predictions for yeah. your boy. Yeah, but it's okay. I'll bounce okay. back. Okay.
2: All right. Well, let's get into it. Again, I am the I'm the record holder, the highest record holder. I will go first. Um, I actually have a feeling that <laughs> we all might lean the same way in this game. We'll see. Um, as I was just saying, laying out, I don't know what kind of Colts teams show up anymore. You know, maybe Jeff Saturday can still motivate this team like he did in that first game against the Raiders. Maybe he can still spark them somehow. But in terms of really motivating this team, um, you know, sure, like the Titans are kind of in free fall, and maybe there's something to be had in that really bad AFC South this year. I mean, I don't know. I'm guessing the Colts definitely aren't eliminated from divisional contention. So maybe they still have a shot in that regard because the Titans are are bad now. and got smoked by the Jaguars at home. But still, it's just... Two weeks to stew on that Cowboys loss. I don't think they're going to be super pumped. U.S. Bank Stadium is going to be rocking, even though it's going to be a Saturday at noon. I am going to predict, as opposed to what I did last week, I am repicking the Vikings, getting the Vikings back in the win category here. Um, Still going to think the Colts uh, get 20 points. Still think every Vikings opponent will get at least 20 points, but I'm going to say right on 20, right on the money, right there, Colts will get exactly 20. I think the Vikings will get uh, let's see, 20, I'll go 29. I'll say 29, 20. Your Minnesota Vikings take down the Colts.
0: I'm also going to hop on the Vikings bandwagon. Uh, Ooh. not really a bandwagon. I just think it's an easy pick. It's that <laughs> pick you have to make. It's a 10 and three Vikings team that has shown that they, um, have the offensive weapons. And then on the other side of things, the Colts are just, I mean, they're the Colts. <laughs> they have Jonathan Taylor, who's probably going to have a decent day, but, uh, the Vikings defense is still pretty bad. Um, but I do think Matt Ryan back there is going to help because he is—he's the anti Jalen Hurts in terms of mobility. He's the anti Lamar Jackson. He's got cement cleats that he roll, rolls out there with onto. Uh, well, they're back. They're back at US Bank Stadium. So yes, yeah. So it's a, it's a whole. A, yeah. Oh my God, they're gonna dominate. Um, I do expect there to be some defensive changes because you have to. It's been you. Your, your defense is now in terms of like pundits around the you know, sports world, your, your defense is the laughing stock of the league. You're terrible. Mm -hmm. People think that you're the worst 10 and two, 10 and three team of all time. Cause now they have a negative, um, a negative like point differential again. Yep. It's like, you have to do something. I expect them to step up a little bit. It like, they're still going to give up points, but I think it's going to be a little bit more of a, this is going to be a boring game because it's not going to be like, uh, you know, super exciting, whatever. Um, I've got 27 to 17 Vikings.
1: Very good. Very good. Um, obviously, I'm leaning towards the Vikings, too. Like I, I, I just, I I have no faith in the Colts to do anything. Um, I, I just don't. I think, yes, the Minnesota Vikings defense is bad. So, to you guys' point, they, they're going to put up some points. Um, they're probably going to score anywhere between 16 and 20 points. But that's going to be it. I think this offense continues to roll. I think there will be some better play calling when it matters most. I think the Vikings put up around, they put up like 33 on the Pats, right? I think they do that again. I think they put up around 33 again. So I'll say um, 33 to, hmm, 33-20. But I think it's going to be one of those games where, like, again, the the Vikings are just going to make this a game and make it a game. So I think the Colts will kind of be in the game, similar to the Dallas game. They'll be in the game. And then the Vikings will pull away towards the end of the third quarter going into the fourth and kind of just take this one, um, take this one and run with it. But I think the defense finds a way to get a stop when they need it. Um, Maybe not interceptions, but a couple of sacks. I would love like
2: four sacks in this game, man. Yeah. They have not gotten any pressure the last few weeks.
1: I think this is the week they get some pressure. And I don't know why I just said no interceptions because, again, Matt Ryan (laughs) loves to give the ball away. So. Um, he he'll, probably, he'll probably be doing some of that too So I, I think the Vikings got this one in the back. I, I think they got this one in the back. I'll go 33-20
2: Alright, it's a skull sweep Which we've had a couple of skull sweeps before I think uh, we all picked the Patriots um, I forget some other ones Alright, I had 29-20 AJ had 27-17 And Artist had 33-20 You heard it here first If we're all wrong, you can totally Blame us It'll be fine. All right, let's move on to a little uh, oh, hello Timberwolves talk. Uh, kind of a uh, you know, you know, you win a couple games a week, but you also lose a couple games a week. Uh, you beat the Pacers, you beat the Utah Jazz, but then you go to Portland and you lose back to back games in which you literally couldn't stop Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard from shooting the ball at all. Um, I did tease though a little bit, uh, while we were talking Vikings. Um, a little bit about maybe some self-awareness issues maybe happening in a post-game situation for the Timberwolves. Uh you guys catch maybe what happened at the end of the Utah game? Now, this was in Utah. First time Rudy Gobert back at, be, I believe their arena is called Vivint Smart Home Arena. Got a nice ring to it or whatever. Uh, and <laughs> uh, so the last play of the game, the Jazz were putting a ball, so like were pressing the Timberwolves, even though they were down by like 10 and it was just a long outlet pass to Rudy Gobert, who was camped underneath the basket was exactly where he should be in a situation like that. Maybe like two seconds left on the clock. And you know what he did? He just did a little slam dunk, little slam dunk, not even with a lot of authority, just, you know, kind of just, you know, put it in, but still with enough where it's just like, all right, that was my little, you know, sprinkle on top of this little return back to Utah and uh, post game former Timberwolf Malik Beasley uh, called him out and said like, yeah, that's, that's not really the written rules of basketball or the unwritten rules of basketball and stuff like that. And I believe Jared Vanderbilt's former Timberwolf also said something about it too, or maybe like addressed it maybe on the court after the game. Uh, So yeah, like whatever, it's like, shouldn't be a big deal. But the thing I bring up self-awareness for is that in the Utah game, when they beat the Timberwolves,
1: Thank you. Jared
2: Vanderbilt did the exact same thing at the end of the game and let out a tremendous roar as well to, again, put the sprinkle on top of the Sunday Cherry on top, if you will. Yes. And so.
1: Thank you for saying that, because I was thinking while you were talking. Yeah, I I, I was thinking while you were talking, like, didn't just Vanderbilt just do that, though, last time they played or one of the last times they played? Like, that was the first thing that came to mind. I couldn't remember if I was right or wrong. I was like, "Eh, let me not say something. But then you said it. Perfect. So I'm right. Mm -hmm. I I, I just. Come on, guys. What are we doing? Listen, I understand to an extent what some people are saying. Like, hey, you know, um, don't dunk the ball at the end. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do that. But, like, a lot of these teams and a lot of these players that are complaining about that are the main players and the main teams that Are doing the trash talking, that are doing this the running up the score, that are you know scoring at a time where the game is you know over with. You know what I mean? Like these teams, players are doing this all the time. So don't be mad when the shoes on the other foot. <laughs> like honestly, <laughs> this has nothing to do with the Timbulls, but it was the same thing with the Pelicans and the Suns matchup recently where Zion caught the ball and did this crazy windmill at the end of the game, and then the Suns won up the fight. But then you could look at all these previous games where the Suns did the same thing, taunting players and talking all kinds of trash. I mean, Phoenix is one of the biggest trash talking teams in the league. But as soon as you get, as soon as you lose um, (laughs) to a team you felt like you should have beat, and they do a little dunk at the end of the game, now it's all this, there's unwritten rules. You can get out of here with that. Like, just just get out of here with that. Like, at the end of the day, CJ McCollum said it best if you don't want the team to score again, get back on defense. Get back on defense. That's a simple way to do it. Hey, if you're back on defense, you ain't gotta worry about it. if you're back on defense and you're and you're in front of the guy with the ball, nine times out of ten, you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna dribble the ball out. That's what happens all the time. If you get back and you get in front of them, they're going oh, okay, oh, you got me, you got me. I'm gonna dribble the ball out. But <laughs> to this literally is is what, mm-hmm. what people do. But you know, to your point though, it's like, come on, like I think they Vanderbilt and Beasley, these these guys are I, I don't know how they felt about getting traded for Rudy. Um, not God, great, clearly. I don't like, right. yeah. I don't, I don't know how they feel about the wolves. Obviously, they don't feel the best about the wolves, but it's like, you guys can't you don't dish it if you can't take it. Don't dish it if you can't take it because you 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 dished it. And there was, from what I remember, there was a whole lot of trash talk at the end of that game. It was a whole lot of screaming and yeah, and you know, a couple swear words in there. Man, y'all can't be mad, you cannot be upset. You can't, you can't be up, You gotta take that on the chin. No.
2: especially when you ran a defensive play. At the same time, I mean, it just is so frustrating because you guys were literally playing the game at that moment. So to be yeah. mad at Rudy for playing, for matching your level of intensity, even though it was at the end of the game with the, like, and you're up by 10, like, yeah. I don't blame him. And sure, yeah, it's okay if he has a little authority being back in Salt Lake City for the first time. Just have a little backbone. Like you yeah. said, there's give and take here. And you, you can't complain when you did the same thing back at Target Center like a month ago. You just can't.
0: It's with the, just, with the World Cup going on, I've seen the like, oh, it's, I've seen soccer players flop and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, I'm sick of that narrative because I honestly think, based off what I've seen like the past couple of weeks out of the NBA, NBA players are some of the softest group of guys that I've ever seen. How are you <laughs> going to get upset about that? How are you going to get upset about that? You essentially you, you ran up and you punched a guy in the face, initiating we're going to fight. And then he punched you back, and you're like, "What are you doing? Why are you punching me? Yeah, what are we? What are you talking about? Yeah, it it is some of the softest people ever. You're playing a game. They're gonna try. Yeah, (laughs) they're gonna try to score. And like Jason just said, well, what both of you have actually just said, you pressed up. If you don't want to, like.
1: They're, in football, you, in football, you away. have
0: to, it, like, you can't, you have to run a play, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to, if you're on your own 30-yard line, you're not going to throw a Hail Mary, more than likely. But if you press, you know what they're obligated to do? Throw it over you, and then score on the open basket. Uh-huh. Like, these guys, especially... us. If, especially if somebody's in a contract year or something like that exactly you got to get those points yes mm-hmm. you got to get you got all money. that stuff that's that's the same the same thing in like baseball too is like mm-hmm. like why would he bunt to try to break up a no hitter because that guy makes the league minimum he's a journeyman catcher in a contract year yeah he needs the 0.02 on base percentage for contract negotiations at the end of the year i don't care about your pitchers like achievement right now I gotta care about that guy too a little bit like it'd be you know what you do then you field the ball and you throw it the first yeah it, 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 it's it's insane it's insane also I don't know what the deal with the refs are either I saw a clip last night of Luka Doncic yelling at his teammate and then getting oh, well, that's te- just a technical
1: that's just that up. has been an issue that has been an issue for a while now the NFL or the NFL the NFL refs too but not <laughs> teeing people up NBA referees are handing out technicals like it's nobody's business, man, and it's frustrating they take a lot of the fire out of the game by doing that uh-huh. they're in professionals especially professional sports but in competitive sports in general there's going to be some trash talk there's probably going to be some type of swearing there's going to be some type of back and forth between me and the opposing team me and my teammates me and the coach heck me and the referee if i feel like it was a bad call but the there should be a lot more leniency given to players and especially what, what really makes me mad too is a referee a ref will make a terrible call. Terrible call. And then they get, <laughs> no, called out get man, they get called out on making a bad call. And then you want to tee up the player and make it ten times worse. Bro, you made a bad call. When you go back and review that, because they review everything, when you go back and review that, you're gonna see I made a bad call. Maybe I, <laughs> he had to write the golf on me about this. But the I, it's just yeah. It's frustrating. I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's been an issue for a couple years now. Like the technicals are just being given out. And these these techs, man, some of these texts, they determine a the game. Yeah. You get the, the other team gets a free throw and the ball. Like that stuff determines the game a lot of times, man. And yeah. So and just, sometimes you know,
0: that's gonna be like a five-point
1: swing. Yeah, yeah. five point five point swing, four five-point swing, four-point yeah. swing, like that. That, yeah. that that can determine a lot. Yeah. So, I-
2: People talk about the egos of, like, baseball umpires. I think people associate, like, you know, hot and stuffy refereeing with, like, Major League Basketball umpires, because you see all the videos of, like, managers and umpires getting in each other's face and like, kicking dirt in each other, throwing each other's hats and stuff like that. You've just seen all those tirades. Mm-hmm. I think the NBA in just general, throughout the league, is just so ego-driven,
1: mm-hmm. because
2: it's it's a star-driven league. You have the least amount of players on the teams compared to the other Sports you compete with here, in North American stuff, and probably same with the. It's probably a smaller referee core, too than like I mean, obviously like the NFL has like how many referees they have uh, like in total like damn near like eight nine or ten.
1: Some are uh, right
2: not including the ones that like in the booth and stuff like that. Like it, it's insane, and it's just it's soft. It's it, it's soft. It's just like you were playing the game anyway. Like you just. Like, what do you expect to happen? Yeah. And again, and again, it, it, it there's give and take here. And you just, you got to roll with those punches if you're willing to, if you're willing to dish them out. So, yeah. but anyway, I mean, overall with basketball, though, there was basketball actually played, yeah. not just what Tucker. Oh, yeah. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say, let me, let me pose a question to you guys here because Please. I know Cat has been out mm-hmm. injured. What have you seen out of guys that, Maybe you like you know you're expecting Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell to step up. Have you seen them step up enough in your opinion? Do you still want more? Is there a bench guy that you know who maybe gets like some time coming off and gets significant minutes that you know needs to step up and maybe can elevate their game to a bigger level now that there's this gaping hole of a superstar no longer on the court for the Wolves every night. Uh, well, after, I think
2: yeah. Go ahead.
1: Go, you want to go, Jason? No, after you. Um, I, I think. For me, you are seeing players step up. I will say that you are seeing certain players step up. I was just going to bring up D'Lo when you brought up basketball because in these last what five games, twenty-seven against OKC, twenty-eight against Indiana, um, thirty against Utah, where he completely took over the fourth quarter, went like six of six from the three-point line, mm-hmm. uh, twelve from, from uh, of sixteen for the go- for the game in total. He had twenty-four against Portland the first night and twenty-three the second night. Um, you are seeing some players step up. I've liked. I brought up Jalen Noel as well because I've liked what I've seen from him. I think the issue, though, is the consistency. Like, the thing that we that we have to admit about Cat is, for the most part, Cat is consistent. You know what you're going to get from Cat. A lot of these guys, they have moments, but then the next game, they're MIA. Um, So, I, I would like to see a little bit more from um Jalen Noel. Even though he's had moments, you need to see a little bit more. Ant has been kind of hit or miss, honestly. Like The shooting had, got
2: streaky this week with him,
1: admittedly. Yeah, exactly. He's been hit yeah. or miss. He's, he's had some good games, and he's had some games where it's like, all right, where's Anthony Edwards? I also think you need to do a better job of getting him the ball when it matters most. I said that last week. It still reigns the same this week. Um, and so I think, you know, offensively, you know, you, you, you kind of need – even Rudy. Even Rudy, you need him to step up and score a little bit more points, grab a couple more rebounds. Um, But I think when you match up against teams like Portland who have guys that are healthy, uh, they got Dame, they got Anthony Simons, they got Jordan Grant. I mean, these Man. guys are balling the hole. And Holy Dame – I mean, it's Dame Dollar. Like, Dame is going to be Dame. Ugh. um, Anthony Simons is a young and up-and-coming star in this league. And it's and so Grant is, is a guy who – Um, A lot of people probably viewed him as a role player, but he could be like, keep playing at this level. He could maybe be like an all-star reserve. And so we're seeing players step up, but I do think to a certain extent, you miss him offensively, maybe not defensively as much. I would like to see a little bit more Kyle Anderson as well. Um, Maybe you don't miss him as much defensively, but offensively you could have used him this week against Damon Portland for sure. Um, Yeah. You needed more of an offensive punch for, for sure this week.
2: Yeah. You needed his firepower to match those guys if you had any shot of winning Mm -hmm. and which you should have i mean normally in back-to-back games you can usually squeak out a win no matter who your opponent is now that the nba does these back-to-backs at the same location nowadays um in in terms of just how cat's absence has affected the team statistically it really hasn't in terms of like a net rating they're still like middle of the pack in terms of offensive net rating defensive net rating like really the meter hasn't moved too much. Uh in terms of like probably the player that's been impacted the most is definitely D'Lo. Um he's playing more minutes without Cat, he's scoring 10 more points without Cat, less assists without Cat that could obviously be expected, less rebounds too, which is actually maybe a little bit surprising. Uh but his true shooting percentage is up by 13% and he's also got a 5% up percentage in his usage rate as well. So we're seeing probably some of the best we will get of D'Lo all season. How sustainable is that? I'm not really sure. Um, could it be sustainable, though, in the meantime in Cat's absence? Yes, potentially. And would Cat's return potentially throw that off? Or will this absence now provide some of these roles to get settled? And then Cat comes in, you know, when he gets back from injury and hopefully elevates the team and maybe some other deficiencies, uh, like obviously like three-point shooting right now. Uh by the way, we're, we're missing Tori and Prince and Jordan McLaughlin too. That is not mm-hmm. helping right now. D'Lo is pretty much the only point guard on that team right now. Um, yeah. I think Jalen Noel has been running the point a couple times too. That is not probably his his strength, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but obviously you're you're dealing with injuries right now and uh, missing J Max, so you got to work with what you got. Um, so yeah, and. and yeah, I mean, Gobert's actually, I, I'm starting to, like, feel better about him. You you definitely notice him more, obviously, without Cat. Obviously, that's just by 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 default. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe Rudy's now got at least four 20 rebound games a season. I believe the next player in the league has just one. So, Rudy is obviously, the, the rebounding is still there. Um, it, it's the blocks more than anything with Rudy. That's the thing that's been missing more so than with a lot of stuff with his game this year. But maybe maybe that's starting to pick up. And you know what? The thing that actually was most impressive this week was the pick-and-roll game with D'Lo and Gobert. There yeah. were some great, even reverse dunk lobs, too, that were just filthy and nasty. And it was kind of chemistry at the rim that I hadn't probably seen with like D'Lo and Cat all that much. Probably because Cat's just, he's, he's really not a low-post player, man. He's, he, not. He, he's not. Uh, he's not. He he loves the perimeter, and he would have been very, very helpful. You would have stood... You probably would have stood a chance in that first game against Portland if you had Cat. I don't know about that second game, man. I mean, if if, if Lillard yeah. wanted to stay in there, he probably could have broken Clay Thompson's three-point record
1: if yeah. he wanted to,
2: but he's yeah. just like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. He, he I think he said he wants to, like, break that the old-fashioned way, and I think he wants to do it in, like, a, in a close game or something like that, not when he's blowing out the Timberwolves on a random Monday night so yeah go ahead
1: to your point again AJ as far as players that you want to see a little bit more from too I brought up Kyle Anderson because he's getting a lot of playing time but his his impact isn't always felt every night um Jaden McDaniels man like I don't I don't I don't know what we expected it's just it's it's hard because (laughs) I he's a really talented player he's a really talented player he's got all the skills um, all the tools I should say to go get a bucket to defend the best player on the opposing uh, basketball team. but I don't know, man, like I, I was hoping for fifteen a game from him, um 13, 14 a game somewhere around in that in that in that area, a couple of explosions for 25 to thirty points here and there because he's that type of player. We've seen him do it now. He was pretty solid against against the Grizz in that playoff series, but like so far this year, man, he man he be MIA. He can't and rebound, he, my man.
2: He can't uh, rebound.
1: And defensively, he can't even pull man, down like,
2: one on some nights.
1: It's, man, it's just
2: like for how tall you are in your for, for your position. It's just it's unacceptable. I don't care what your minutes are.
1: And and defensively, man, I he played again really well. I felt like in the playoff series against Memphis, and I thought he was taking a step defensively this year. Defensively, he hasn't looked great either. Like it's, he's he's been a guy. He's hit some shots. He's made some plays. He's shooting what fifty three percent from oh, the field yeah. right now. The shooting is shooting's good. Yeah, but it's, it's like oh, you are shooting fifty three percent from the field. Shoot more. Be more aggressive. You know, obviously the shot is falling. Be more. Be more aggressive. Be more assertive, especially now with Cat out of the lineup. Yeah, they probably need more of your offensive firepower, but they really need you defensively. I mean, he was late, and I, this is Dame Willard, so I understand. Nobody's going to shut down Dame. But, I mean, he's letting Dame just walk in the three-pointers the other night. Everyone just walk. Was. Like, this is De- – that." you got to pick Dame up at half court. Mm-hmm. He is he is, he is, is Steph Curry 2.0. No disrespect to, <laughs> to him I'm sure he probably don't like being compared to Steph in that way. But he's just saying, you know, when it comes to shooting the basketball, I mean, he's, he's up there. You yeah. got to guard him at half court. You can't – I mean, you can't back all the way up to the three-point line. He is going to shoot – From the logo. They call him Logo Lillard for a reason. He's going to shoot from the logo if you give him that much room. So, you know, I expect a little bit more from him, but there's time for him to get it together. There's time. But they need him now to play better without Cat in the lineup as well. Yeah. But but
2: it does speak volume that Kyle Anderson is starting over him.
1: Right? At it this does. point in
2: the season, it, it, it just does. He, yeah, I he just, just. I should wait. And him, him we're day. not, we're not giving up on Jaden. We still think he has a very bright future um, in this team. I mean, maybe, obviously, our expectations probably are a little bit higher, maybe than they should. But like, yeah, and, and you know what, Jaden is the least of the Timberwolves' issues, to be honest with you. I mean, he's definitely a big part of it. He definitely is a big part of it. But I mean, this team is below five hundred, and you know we've played more than almost thirty games in the season, and it's just like. I don't think we're even a playoff team. I think we're out. Of, I think we're out of the, uh, of the even the bubble or whatever it's called now. The play-in tournament right now. Yeah. So uh, this week though, uh, the the West Coast swing continues. They're out in L.A. tomorrow on the 14th, then Friday in OKC. Then they get back home to take on the Bulls and probably also the Mavericks on Monday. Those are all the games uh, that will entail before we talk to you next here on Taxi Squad. So I mean, the Thunder's a gettable game.
1: I mean, the thing is, before before we switch topics here, I will say this. Like I said, a lot of basketball left at 13 and 14, but the West is so compact right now that, what is it, the – I'm looking right now, the fifth seed is separated from the 11th seed by two games, and the Wolves are in the 11th seed right now. Yep. So a quick two-, three-game win streak could swing this thing at any point in time, and you could be a top five seed in the West. And so – which is kind of what we expected. I was hoping for maybe top four, top three. Um, But, and it's a lot, it's still a lot of time. I mean, they're what, about three and a half games behind third place? They'll have a hot streak
2: in them. They will. Every team does. And we've seen those flashes. We've seen it against the Pacers a couple Mm of times now. We saw it in Utah. It's there. It can be put together it's just we don't really know when or if it's going to show up on any given nights. Like it'll exactly. just it'll go to Portland, and you won't hear from it from a couple of days. You know, I maybe agree. it's down. Maybe it just went straight to LA. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we'll see what happens, and we'll talk. Obviously, more wolves next week. Hopefully, they can just you know p- put something together here. Be nice, but again, your missing cat. Might be a lot to ask for <laughs> right now. Moving on to the Wild, a little bit of an up and down week. You lose two in regulation, you win two in regulation. In this case, you won the last two in a row. Here, uh, we were actually chatting while the Calgary Flames game was going on. The Wild ultimately lost that game, five to three. Although they probably could have lost it, like six to three, thanks to you know lucky crossbar, puck off the crossbar. Um, that was that was a tough game because you had that two goal lead, then Calgary just turns on the faucet in that second period, scores three goals in a matter of four minutes. Wild eventually tied it up, but then Calgary scores in like 30 seconds after that. So it's just like, all right, I guess it's just going to be one of those nights where Calgary is just going to answer literally everything. You go to Edmonton, Leon title, Connor McDavid, they do their things. They have, they have like identical goals, to be honest with you, on the right side there. It, it looks yeah. identical. Uh, but then you bounce back against Vancouver, Gustafson and Nett, love to see the backup goalie get a shutout. And then you shut down Edmonton at home. You only give up one goal. They have nothing from Dryside or McDavid. That time you have a good defensive game. So, uh, so, so weak for the Wild.
0: Yeah, no. Um, up in, up in Edmonton, tough loss. But then you get the win in Vancouver. And Vancouver is a team that you should beat right now. Just yes. because they are, there's swirling rumors of like coaches on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. And like some of their superstars, maybe no longer superstars on the trading block. Um and then you come home and it's weird because it made me this past like three weeks has made me think that it's the old like days I like I feel like I'm in 2008 where the (laughs) with Northwest Division Northwest Division because that's three weeks in a row that the Wild have played the Oilers it's wild it's it's such a weird thing it's not weird
2: wild excuse
0: me sorry sorry I'm sorry um (laughs) I do like it because I'm watching at that point the best hockey player in the world weekly. Um, Not that I'm not going out of my way to do so when I'm, but like against the wild Um, in terms of personnel, Sammy Walker, um, he's been a nice little surprise. He has come up and he kind of has got that speed with him. He he has this confidence of a guy that hasn't played, you know, he, he he looks like he's been out there for like a hundred career games already, but it's only his second and now third upcoming. Um, Unfortunately, I think he might get reassigned. Um at some point just after a cup of coffee because Brandon Duhame is set to return off of the injured list. Um, I know I want to say it was Patan got sent down the other day.
2: Yeah, I saw that. Um I don't think so, any news about anybody else though.
0: So I know Duhame is set to uh set to j- rejoin here rather soon. Um so Sammy Walker will probably make the trip back down to Iowa. Uh, but however, Promising showing from him because he has, uh down among the AHL affiliate, Iowa Wild. He's been the leading scorer down there. Um, granted, Marco Rossi, who's down there now, obviously started the year with the big club. So I think that maybe is up for grabs at some point if the season persists. But um, it, he, he's been good and he showed that he probably could do it at this at this next level, if he gets a maybe extended opportunity, Um, Phil Gustafson does get a very nice win against the Canucks. Um, He's been a little bit of a surprise because I didn't expect him to have as good of looks and as good of games when they first made that signing. Like I figured his numbers would improve because he was on such a bad Ottawa team in the past. And (laughs) with how poor defending the wild have been to start the season, It's since been seemingly corrected. It's not all the way there, but it's much better than it was because, you know, they're no longer giving up six, seven, eight goals a night. Um, They're now limiting teams to sometimes just, you know, zero, one or two. Most nights, though, you know, you're you're getting to that three mark. Um, But the difference is a lot of the shots that he's getting, it feels like are lower percentage, like lower threat or lower expected goals or whatever is what is the analytical term. So he's making the stops that he's supposed to. Sometimes he's making the ones that he's not supposed to, which is exactly what I want. Um, He's not, he's not a starter by any means. And so in in the time that he filled in for Marc-Andre Fleury, while he was hurt, it was fine. Um, Now back in this kind of rotational role where he's going to fill in every couple of games to give Fleury a rest he's going to get a little softer matchups than what flurry will get. He's in a position where he's playing well. He's got the defense in front of him now and now they've somewhat corrected where he's going to put up somewhat decent nights and give the team a, a chance to win, um which is what you want him to do. Like mm-hmm. I I don't need him to go out there and shut out every every team he faces. I need you to limit teams to a goal or two and then the offense is going to do their thing. And Matt Boldy and Kroka are going to score a couple goals. You know, maybe Ryan Reeves will pot one cause he still hasn't proved me wrong yet, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I overall, the past two nights that I've watched the wild, mm-hmm. I've been rather pleased. They have uh, Detroit coming up here tomorrow night, Wednesday, uh, Chicago. They, okay. For, they need to beat Chicago. They have to.
2: Chicago is just a disaster.
0: They're currently trailing the Capitals, but in their last <laughs> last ten games, the uh, last twelve games, I want to say, the Blackhawks are one ten and one. They're atrocious. They're so bad. Um, so yeah, you got to win there. Just pummel them at home, and then uh, Ottawa is going to be a Sunday game. So it, mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, it's. I see three wins. It should be three wins. It really should. But uh, you never know with this team so far. I, right. I I'm excited to see if they can maybe keep up the uh, the better defensive play. I want to see the the play style we saw last night though, and I don't know how much you watched the game, Jason, if any. But
2: yeah, caught a lot of it. Yeah, um, they yeah, they were playoff playing playoff. more up. Yeah,
0: they were playing more up tempo. They were really pressuring the puck carrier, mm-hmm. which you have to when you're playing like Connor McDavid, Zach Hyman, Leon Leon Dreisaitl, and those guys. But do that more because if you can shut down those guys and you know, that's one of those things where I, can you do that every night? No, people are going to get tired. You have to adjust based off different play styles, but you can do it against the, the, the red wings tomorrow night. You can shut okay. down Dylan Larkin. <laughs> Absolutely. You can, Um, I don't know. It's they, they need to get more disciplined. That's my biggest concern with this team right now. Mm-hmm. They're taking way too many dumb penalties. Way too many. The amount of too many men calls that I've seen the wild take this year. Mm. Is it a wild? It, 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 you can count to five. There's five <laughs> green sweaters on the ice. Careful what you, do, yeah. you know, do. You're not, you're not so missing really fingers. You're missing teeth. Just pull off your glove and one mm-hmm. tooth. Okay, sweet. We have one five. We have five guys on the ice. Cool. Leave it.
2: B, B, C, D, E, F, G.
0: So, so, so ridiculous. Um, and then. Yeah, with, with, <laughs> with, with that too, I mean, like hooking calls at terrible times, boarding call, roughing calls at terrible times. Just just play a disciplined game. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you six penalty minutes a night. You can go on the penalty kill once a period. Anything more than that, I'm not going to be thrilled about because every other team is looking to get about that 20 to 25% success rate on the power play. If you're giving them four, you're essentially like statistically giving them a goal. Right. Stop giving the other team a goal. Mm-hmm. I'll give you six penalty minutes and that's it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, back to said really uh, quick. Uh, like a good lasagna. Uh, backup. Goaltenders, I'm excited
0: to hear where this goes.
2: <laughs> like a good lasagna. <laughs> backup goaltenders give me heartburn. And generally, a Minnesota Wild uh, goaltender gives me a pretty decent amount of heartburn. I'm I'm not really getting that with this guy. He has weathered the storm really well. He's also come in injury situations, too, for Mark andre Frey, uh, like you said, even though that sure wasn't a really long extended absence or anything like that. But, you know, it's not very often in past seasons where I've been pretty dang confident going into a game with the backup goaltender for the Minnesota Wild. Normally, I'm a little bit anxious about that. Nope. Don't need a roll aid for this one, guys. I'm feeling pretty good whenever Gustafson gets out there on the ice. So um I'm pretty pumped about that. Um, In terms of some other things, too, I think a Sam Steele needs to be recognized as well. Because I got to tell you, I really like how Matt Boldy played this week. He was awesome on that line with Goudreau, uh, Boldy, and Steele. They're, they're really clicking right now. I don't know if Sam Steele really is a long-term option for the Wild, even this season or beyond. But it's still nice to see, like, these guys, like, a, like, like uh, Sammy White, was that the guy's name? The gopher, the captain who just got called up, right?
0: Sammy Walker.
2: Walker, excuse me. Um, it, it's nice to see that there have been these guys occasionally that have just kind of plugged in for the wild and offered a little bit of a hot streak um, when they kind of needed one because they've they've still got plenty of teams on their tail for the playoff chase. They're sitting comfortably right now um, in the third spot in the Central Division. I believe Nashville's like, I believe, four or five points behind them right now obviously um Dallas and Winnipeg are ahead of them I believe that uh, they have a 5 point cushion over the Wilds. So the Wilds are kind of like right by themselves right there in the central and uh it, it, it's encouraging. Um hopefully uh Marco Rossi can keep hot in, in Iowa and hopefully he can be called up too because like I'm saying we're getting these guys that are plugging in and they're just we're getting success I'd like him to be the next guy potentially. I yeah. don't know when the timeline of his to be called up will be. I know he's I think he scored tonight. If I'm not mistaken, I thought I saw that on the Twitter sphere, or maybe that was last night. I feel like he scores night.
0: every night down well, there.
2: Well, hopefully, uh, we can get him up here, and he'll do the same thing. We'll see what
0: happens. So, fingers
2: crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll see what the Wild do against the Red Wings, the Blackhawks, and the Senators. All of those games at home. So uh, I guess that'll probably wrap up another episode of Taxi Squad this week, gentlemen. Any uh, final thoughts before we uh, get John out of here?
0: Um, I'm gonna give you a heads up next week. I don't wanna spring this on you guys impromptu. I'm gonna give you a week to think about it. Uh week before Christmas, so we're gonna do a pot like a quick little snake draft. Um, four picks. So we're each gonna get like our Mount Rushmore of it. Just go, you know, one, two, three back three, two, one or whatever. Um, do you wanna do like Christmas movies or do you wanna do like what, what, what do you wanna do? What do you wanna do? Ooh. Something something holiday themed definitive
2: Christmas movie taxi squad ranking? Oh my gosh, that that might be the the most research I put into the show. Honest to God, <laughs> about any episode, that's asking for a lot. I don't. either um, that we could do yeah. like we,
0: you know we could do like you know holiday activity. I don't really care. I just figured something something to throw us I off mean, our game
1: I, a little bit, spice it up. Yeah holiday I, activities might work for me because I'm not really the type of guy to listen to or watch a bunch of Christmas movies. I know of a couple, but I, I'm, I'm not We got a week weird, artist. Guy. What are no. you
2: doing for a week? Put no,
1: down I, ESPN I, for the Eagles, a minute and throw out a hey, Christmas
0: vacation, dude.
1: The, the Eagles are dropping a, uh, a Christmas uh, album that I will be listening to, though. Oh, so I'll my God. That up, but.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, Jason, have you, you seen this? Have you seen this
1: yet?
2: So, like, the players are singing? Oh, and my God. They're going to be like, you tied caroling no. and
0: stuff? I saw this on artists. I saw it on Twitter. I sent it only to artists because I figured it's Eagles thing. So don't feel left out. But I
2: do though.
0: It is. It is unbelievable. I thought it was a joke at first. I thought it was like lip syncing. I looked into it. They have like the linemen.
1: Jordan, Jordan, uh, yeah, my yeah. voice, I'm <laughs> voice of right an now. angel,
0: voice of an angel. If I, if you, if I would have not seen the people singing and known, I would have thought that it was just like, a, like a, you know, a normal, like trained yeah. choir or something. Wow. They sound good.
2: Interesting. I mean, they're big dudes. They should have big lung capacities. You know, they should be able to belt out the baritones.
1: But Jason, uh, I, I sent it to you just okay. now, so whenever you okay, get a chance to think about it. Out. Yeah, yeah. I,
2: I'm, I'm doing this through my phone right now, so I can't look at anything, but I'll, I'll definitely give that a chance. So, so here, like, okay. Here's, um, a, here's know, what we'll
0: do so you, look- have some time to, so you guys have some time to think about it. Next okay. week, week of, like holiday, Christmas, whatever. um, like Christmas holiday activities snake draft you got to pick four so like obviously tradition,
2: like traditions or something like no holidays, like you know it could
0: be it could be like i'm going sledding or you know okay. you know Elf drinking too much shell. eggnog or something i don't know just don't you know, know stuff like that you, so, you know okay. maybe get a little out of the box or whatever don't do the cook oh like oh, i like to open presents well i mean yeah i think everybody does but right, yeah, right okay. but you're not We we can throw it out there we can have um people maybe vote like do a vote of like what list is best
2: I like that. That Sounds good. Do like a bracket kind of a thing or something like that. I like that. Yeah. Cool cool right on all right another awesome episode of taxi squad everybody i had a lot of fun my name is jason stormer we got our woods up there aj Fredrickson over there uh please check us out on spotify if you don't mind if you're on apple though you can give us a five-star review i don't know why you wouldn't give us a five-star review this is totally worth five stars if you ask me uh the best way to support us though uh taxi squad and just everything here at score north is to hop on our website or our app and give our episodes a download it is truly the greatest way to support Score North in general. Another great episode of Taxi Squad. We'll see how the Vikings do, Timberwolves, and the Wild. We're obviously wall-to-wall coverage. We'll be back again next week. Have a wonderful one, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.